How's it going, everybody? This is episode four of the It Ain't Much Football Podcast, brought to you by the Kuiper Peach Schnapps. They don't pay us, but we still drink it. <laughs> so we're just gonna dive right in to. Uh, that was a good shout out. Maybe they'll call us. Be like, "Hey, you want some free peach schnapps?" Yeah. Either that or a cease and desist. I'm gonna buy it today, dude. Ten whole dollars. The, the the story behind the peach schnapps is before every episode, Austin and I take a poll or five of De Kuiper peach schnapps because when we recorded our first episode, it was the only <laughs> liquor that he had. I don't know why I had a bottle of peach schnapps, man, but I had it, and you know, we made an opportunity of it. They're a great sponsor. We haven't been in communication too much. <laughs> But they, they, take care of, they take care of us. It's Maybe good. by episode 104, we'll be like wearing De Kuiper Peach They'll Schnapps. stop trying to sue us. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Now we're going to get into the reason we're all here, which is pro football. And uh, big news today, before we get into anything too, too crazy, is that uh, Adam Schefter reported the San Francisco 49ers are more than interested in drafting Mac Jones out of Alabama. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know what a huge fan of Mac Jones I am not. I think Mac Jones is probably going to be the best quarterback of all time in 10 years. Um, in the CFL, he's going to be really <laughs> successful after maybe one or two years. Um, yeah, he had a perfect situation over there in Alabama. He just looked up, and instead of him just looking and saying, shit, hop down, some, down there somewhere, he's like, shit, all of them are down there somewhere. I mean, there I was, was watching, so many. They had what? He had three great wide receivers on that team. Well, I mean, he had. Well, first of all, I mean, Devontae Smith was the first non-quarterback to win the Heisman since Derrick Henry. Their eighth-string wide receiver is going to be a superstar in twenty twenty. Oh, no I don't doubt. know who he is. I mean, if you look up like the greatest NFL receivers of all time, and like, and there was a, a list of a hundred, I guarantee at least twenty. Went to Alabama. It's like Julio Jones went there, and Amari Cooper went there, and Devontae Smith, of course. And it's like, good lord. I mean, he probably drives a Tesla because he needs someone else to do it for him. <laughs> uh, we're also not sponsored by Tesla, and neither one of us can afford one. So I can't even afford a share in him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you know, if you listen to last week's podcast, and, and if you've listened so far now, you know that I don't like Mac Jones. I think he's going to be a bust, and so today's episode is going to be kind of centered around some past NFL busts, um, and we're going to talk about other things too, but but that's going to be kind of the, the center of, of conversation today. So He has good company. There's going to be good company there at the bottom of the bust pile. Um, should we start with the number one, my favorite bust of all time? I think we should give him another chance. Ryan Leaf. <laughs> he's still got it. He's better than Peyton Manning in my opinion. Ryan Leaf is probably the reason I became a Colts fan. Because when I was a kid, I really liked Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison with the Colts, and that's that's why I became a fan. If the Colts would have just said fuck it and drafted Ryan Leaf instead of Peyton Manning, I would be a Chargers fan. <laughs> and that pains me. That's rough. Um, but, you know, they didn't. And Ryan Leaf probably is the most famous bust of all time. He was the number two overall pick. A lot of people thought he'd go number one over Peyton Manning. He obviously... Um, did not work out in the NFL. He had a couple good practice practices, I think. <laughs> but um, as he, as you know, it's just practice. He was pulled out of the starting lineup by week six, week seven, um, and then after two seasons, he was never heard of again. And then he was in prison, and then he got out of prison. He had some anger management issues. He he probably killed a hooker at some point. I don't know if that's true. Can't confirm, but 
No, he's, he's not Warren Sapp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, shout out to Warren Sapp. <laughs> Don't come find me. You're still really strong. Warren Sapp is... Um, not a draft bust. Not a draft bust. What's up is an all-timer. Same um, attitude as Ryan Leaf, though. <laughs> you know, but different on-field performances. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the Probably the second most famous draft bust of all time, 2007 number one overall pick, Jamarcus Russell. Now, here's an interesting uh, thing to think about. In 2007, both of the NBA and the NFL found themselves in a terrible position because the number one overall pick in the NFL was Jamarcus Russell, and the NBA's number one overall pick was Greg Oden. No, but, I think that's peak NFL and NBA because they were like, we're the worst teams in the league. Let's pick the worst players <laughs> okay, possible. Okay, but here's the best part. You know who went number two in each of those drafts? Who? Kevin Durant oh. and Calvin freaking Johnson Megatron. So, like, the Lions and the, at the time, Seattle Supersonics, now the Oklahoma City Thunder, like, obviously were just like, oh, thank God. You have, <laughs> you have one player who can do it all, and then you have Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably going to get on our fucking Twitter and talk shit. <laughs> uh, we are in full swing today, Austin. He's still good. He's still good. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, I also know in that last episode I said I was going to miss this episode. I, I'm actually missing next week's hey, episode. Kyle's getting married. Uh, getting married on um, Friday. This week, yep, this Friday, and then going on honeymoon to Las Vegas, Nevada. So I'll be doing that next episode by myself and possibly the rest of them. I don't know what will happen. <laughs> yeah. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas and I may stay too, so who knows. <laughs> um, so yeah, Demarcus Russell, obviously, 2007. It didn't you pan know, out. An interesting thing, I watched a video once and there was a guy who was uh, on that Raiders team and he said, they did a test with Demarcus Russell. They gave him a VHS or DVD or whatever they had back then, 8-track, and they, they were like, watch this practice, you know, we'll ask some questions about it. It wasn't a video about practice, it was a blank tape. And then in practice, they said, hey, so what, what did you see on that? Are you confident with what we're going to do today? And he said, yeah, yeah, I watched it, we're good, we're good. No, there's nothing on it. That tells you everything you need to know about that. Yeah, Jamarcus Russell, he was ready to make money and he wasn't ready to play football. That's really what it came down to. Um, he had a really bad attitude about being, you know, the best on the field, and you, when you look at a guy like that, it, it's it's funny, right? Because Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick out of Michigan, and he, he hardly started in Michigan. And then when he did, he was great, but then he wasn't a big draft prospect. So it's like hard work really does get you far, and Tom Brady proved that. Whereas Jamarcus Russell, who had everything handed to him, including being on a national championship contending LSU Tigers. but I mean, they won it the year after he left, but they were a contender. Like, don't get me wrong. Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell, they can play football. They could definitely play football. Okay, yeah. they just didn't have their they didn't have their minds around it. You don't get drafted first or second, and you don't have talent. I mean, the, clearly the talent is there. And Jamarcus Russell on his knees could throw seventy five yards. I mean, yeah. the dude had a but freaking talent, cannon. Talent won't get you far enough. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Exactly. He got no talent. Yeah, he's, he's unathletic. Yeah, I mean, what did he run? What was his forty time like? Three years. <laughs> yeah, he's actually still running his 40 from his uh, draft combine. Speaking of talent, he's got so much muscle he's carrying. That's <laughs> Speaking of talent, I get you far. 2014's 22nd overall pick to the Cleveland Browns. The go Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, you know, Johnny Manziel, the the money signs he used to throw up with his hands, and because he had money, he didn't need money. Yeah. I think his dad had a lot of money. Y you know, it, the funny thing about Johnny Manziel is I don't actually see what any but he saw in him because, like, you know, college is one thing when you're playing 120 other teams that have no talent or less than NFL talent. He was like five foot nothing, 
you know, he he weighed like a buck twenty. Like he, you know, just a small. I remember dude. his first NFL hit. He was crying. Yeah, he he looks. I mean, he looks like a child playing with a bunch of men when he was in the NFL, and then. He proved that when he went to the CFL, and now whatever bullshit league he's in now, he's still a he's lazy piece of out, shit. out, man. I don't know what... <laughs> no, we just watched the highlight film like a couple weeks ago. Oh, he got hurt? He... No, he didn't get hurt. The, the ball just rolls by him, and he pulled a Cam Newton completely. He's just like, ah, fuck it. Not my, not I my have problem. a business decision. I need to make my, my $20,000 next game. Johnny Manziel um, was like Baker Mayfield if Baker Mayfield did more cocaine. Like, his off-the-field antics were terrible. But at least Baker Mayfield eventually got into the film room and studied, and you know, so far he's actually shaped quite a nice career and hopefully what better. What a but... better team to pick Johnny Manziel than the Browns. Is there a better team? That is his perfect destination. I, I could do, I mean, we could do a whole episode on what the Browns have failed at. The Browns drafted Spurgeon Wynn before Tom Brady went in the 2000 NFL draft. And Spurgeon Wynn, I'm assuming most of our viewers have never heard of. I haven't heard of him. And Tom Brady... Just won his like 300th Super Bowl with his second team, so that tells you everything you need to know about how Cleveland has always been ran. You know, what? you know. Here, I'm gonna go on a tangent real quick. Okay. Cleveland used to have a head coach named Bill Belichick, who day, couldn't right? win a fucking game in <laughs> Cleveland, and then he went to New England, met Tom Brady, who the Patriots drafted, not the Browns, and then won a million Super Bowls with them. See, like the Browns, they were like they're doing too good right now, and God was like. Send some of that COVID-19 to the coach. We can't let this happen. What the hell's going on here? And then they still almost beat the Chiefs, if not for the GOAT, Chad, Chad Henney. Yeah, the greatest fourth down play Andy Reid's ever drawn up with Andy Reed a needed, career backup. needed a assistant coach to hold his balls up after that play because <laughs> they were so big. <laughs> I mean, two weeks later in the Super Bowl, it didn't they were They weren't balls. It was two bags of KFC chicken later. in there. Yeah, whatever it was. Uh... So, yeah, Johnny Manziel, obviously a huge bust. Uh, I think Mac Jones could probably fare better than Manziel, but I could see Mac Jones like Jamarcus Russell fading out after three or four seasons. You know, Jamarcus Russell was probably way lazier than Mac Jones will be, but I don't think Mac Jones has the talent. I think a better comparison to Mac Jones would be Jake Locker. Jake Locker, yeah. Um, 2011 draft out of the Washington Huskies, UW, um, and he was drafted eighth overall to the Tennessee Titans. And, Who uh, sucked. Right, and they were terrible. But I'm thankful for it because, it, it, I mean, it, a year later, Andrew Luck was able to win the division. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Jake Locker's also a big bust. But, you know, the thing with Jake Locker, that is a good comparison with him and Mac Jones because I don't foresee either Mac Jones nor did most people foresee Jake Locker to be a huge deal. Yeah, and someone decided to take a bite at it. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, too. Yeah, well, and the jury might still be out on Trubisky. I know he's going to obviously be Josh Allen's backup, but I don't know. If Josh Allen gets hurt next year and Trubisky's your backup, I feel like you still have a shot to win that division. I mean, the AFC East is still super winnable. Miami might give you a scare. I don't think New England's going to be back, and the Jets are still going to try to figure out everything. True. Well, we'll see how how good Josh Allen really is if yeah. he gets hurt. He did, Josh Allen did ball out in 2020, and so he's set for a big 2020. I thought you couldn't fix throwing motion. <laughs> well, Sean McDermott's a really good coach, and I think, I honestly think that, and, and I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but I think Sean McDermott and Josh Allen probably just spent a lot of time figuring out how you can develop a quarterback who has talent, but it's just untapped. Um, 
So stick along with quarterbacks. We'll go to the next big draft bust. Two years later, the 2013 NFL draft gave us uh, EJ Manuel. He was the first quarterback selected at number 16 to the Buffalo Bills, and he was the only quarterback in the entire first round selected that year. Um, and there's good reason why. What year was that draft? 2013? The 2013 NFL draft. In 2015 in Madden, if you needed a free agent quarterback who was 65 overall, he was always there for you. <laughs> um, so, the 2013 NFL draft happened eight years ago, of course. So this is, this is I'm going to list off the quarterbacks drafted in 2013. Um, just to give you a flavor of how weak this class was. So EJ Manuel, the next quarterback was taken in the second round. His name is Geno Smith who just did not resign with the Seattle Seahawks, so he's currently jobless. What is he going to do? Um, you have Mike Glennon, who did get signed this offseason. Um, Matt Barkley, Ryan Nasib from Syracuse, Tyler Wilson from Arkansas, Landry Jones, Brad Sorensen from Southern Utah, Zach Dysert from Miami of Ohio, uh, BJ Daniels, who actually ended up playing safety for like half a season, and then Sean Renfrey from the University of Duke. So if that screams talent to you, then you don't know talent. <laughs> it does not scream talent to me. You know what screams talent to me is Eddie, Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy was also in the 2013 NFL draft, and he ate too many cheeseburgers after that. He loved food. Um, so moving on to a, a, another bust who was not a quarterback. Um, this one is kind of one of my favorite cases. From West Virginia, wide receiver Kevin White drafted 7th in 2015. It's not all his fault either, man. His body just decided, like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And he yeah. just got hurt over and over and over. And maybe his body saw what team drafted him and said, <laughs> there's no chance. Just die. It, and it's true. And with the thing with Kevin White, which is an interesting case, is, like, out of college, he had, like, the NFL build. Oh, yeah. I mean, he looked like an NFL receiver. Like 6'3", yeah, 215. Yeah, he's like 6'3 and a half. He had muscles on muscles. Dude just was, he was made for the NFL, and it just didn't work out. Um, you know, and so that kind of sums it up. Mac Jones, we think he's going to be on this list. Maybe he's going to have a good half a year. Maybe he's not going to actually get drafted by the 49ers. Maybe they're throwing a smoke screen out there. I think it'd be a very bad decision. But honestly, is Justin Fields going to be any better? At least Justin Fields will, at the very least, give you something that's dual threat. And in this day and age, the NFL is, I think the NFL is fading out pocket passers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with Drew Brees retiring, he's held the guard for 20 years. Yeah, I mean, you have Tom Brady still, but like that's an exception. He's literally the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, you know, even even when you look at like the other best quarterbacks in the NFL, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, guys who can do more than just throw in the pocket, guys who can go off script, who can roll out to the right, roll out to the left, throw it on the run, throw it deep, throw it short. Mac Jones, the only film we have on him from college is throwing a ball that he's praying that one of his wide receivers can create separation on, and they do, but it's because he plays at Alabama where they always get the best receivers. Damn, we had a three and out, guys. What are we going to do? Is our defense going to do anything? And then it's Alabama. Of course yeah. it's going to do something. It's. I, I saw the, the look in the coach of Notre Dame's eyes when they played last year, and he he, or he knew. He knew what was going to happen. Yeah, oh yeah, Brian Kelly, oh yeah, he, he said, screw this. The thing with Alabama is, like, if you look at the history of Alabama and you look at some of the quarterbacks that have won there, it's like Greg McElroy was winning there. And 
you have guys like um, Jalen Hurts who wasn't winning there. Yeah, look at because look Tua at had to come in for him. Look at Nebraska when they're good. Name me a good Nebraska quarterback in the NFL. Turner Gill. <laughs> that was in the last two centuries. Uh, well, one of them's a head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Zach That's Taylor. not good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's a good point. It's doesn't matter how good your team is. Like Alabama's incredible; they're always incredible every single year. And then, I mean, look, the last two non-quarterbacks to win Heisman's were Derrick Henry and Devontae Smith from Alabama. So, like, if that doesn't prove everything you need to know, and that, that's another good point too. It's not just wide receivers. Alabama gets running backs of the yin yang every year. They have T.J. Yeldon. They have Kenyon Drake. They have uh, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris. Like, dude, Alabama. Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson was a baller in college, despite his terrible NFL career. It doesn't matter. They always seem to have the talent in college, and it, it's just the quarterback isn't what makes the team. It's just not. I think Trent Richardson won't doesn't count. I think he accidentally just wore the wrong cleat size, and he just wasn't able to get that motion. You know, Trent Richardson's number was 34 when he played for the Colts. He didn't even average 3.4 yards per carry. So I, it's it's a tough it's a tough uh, subject for me to talk about. Rest in peace. So Mac Jones in his last year there at Alabama, he went 311 of 402, 4500 yards, 41 TDs, and four picks. Now, yeah, on paper, is that an amazing stat line? Of course it is. I'm not going to take anything away from him there. Um, but Alabama has a history of playing really poor teams outside of conference, and this year they didn't get a, to get away with that as much because of COVID. But in conference, usually the best team they play is as LSU, who was terrible. Um, Auburn wasn't very good. Auburn just fired their head coach. I mean, Alabama played in maybe the weakest SEC we've seen maybe ever. Yeah, um... I, that, that's a perfect reason why he's a, he's a bust. You look at some of the great quarterbacks, they were on some horrible teams, like Aaron Rodgers. How good did Cal do? Right, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a good point, you know. And go back to Tom Brady. He played for a Michigan team that couldn't get above 10 wins. Peyton Manning got killed by Nebraska in the national championship. Um, Drew Brees played at Purdue. Like, you know, it, it going to Alabama and playing quarterback does not translate well for you in the NFL. No, it doesn't. Um <clears throat> Doing very well, that's going to kind of help us transition into our next little piece we kind of came up with. We decided to pick a former NFL head coach that we have strong opinions on, you know, we want to discuss. We think you should know more about him. And that is the one and the only Adam Gase. Yeah, Adam Gase. Where do I... I'm going to let you start. Let me start. (laughs) So, Adam Gase was a graduate assistant at LSU in 2000, okay? And that's when he should have quit. He should have just quit then, okay? But he didn't. The cocaine didn't quit. Those bulging eyes didn't quit. Adam Gase didn't quit. He kept going. Then he became the defensive assistant. He was doing so good as the graduate assistant. They said, let's give this guy a promotion. He should have quit then, too. Well, here's something to go. He was the defensive assistant for LSU from 2001 to 2002. When he left, two years later, they won the national title. Okay? So. (laughs) He built that from the ground up. (laughs) They won the national title after he was gone. 
He built that. He sacrificed a national title. And, and, and spoiler alert, a national title being won after Adam Gase leaves is not the last time you're going to hear about that. Austin, continue. Then he went, you know, he took a little time off. He needed a little time to kind of, you know, rejuvenate. You know, well, he, 2002, 2005, I don't know what he was doing. Well, he was he was a he was a recruiting assistant for LSU still, so he was helping them recruit, but he was not on the coaching staff. That was, it's more of a lateral move. Yeah. It was a lateral move. He was still making some impact. Then he thought, I want to go help the best NFL team of all time, so he called up the Detroit Lions and he said, Hey, do you want all of my talent? And they called him and they called him back and said, Yeah, yeah. And during his time at Detroit. They had a record-setting 0-16 record as an offensive assistant. First of all, it's a lot harder to go 0-16 than it is 1-15. You have you have to really commit to be that that good at being bad. Okay, he was that good at being bad that they said, "Hey, why don't you be the coach for our quarterbacks?" In 2007, he said, "Let's do it. I will make them the best quarterbacks." And that's when Dan Orlovsky stepped out of bounds in the back of the end zone. <laughs> and that's it not gets fair. Worse. That's it not gets fair. Worse. Because Adam Gase <sighs> kind of thought that they got rid of that rule. Okay, he was a big <laughs> proponent in getting rid of that rule. He said the quarterback should be able to go wherever he wants. Oh. Um, I, I, and Dan Orlovsky's doing really well. He's an analyst for something. Fantastic. He's doing really well. So he thought, let me take. Let me take a step down. I want to kind of go go to a bad team and kind of help build them up. So we went to go be the offensive assistant for the San Francisco 49ers. He thought, I wonder if I, what, what I could do with the Lions, I could translate and help with the 49ers. He wasn't there long. He was only there for a year. And in 2008, the Niners weren't very good. But I'm not going to blame that on Adam Gase because the whole coaching staff was a mess. Yeah, and you know what? He realized this might have been just too big of a project for me at this time. I really need to, I need to go back and kind of... Find who I am. So we went to Denver, smoked some weed, and realized I'm gonna I'm gonna be a wide receivers coach. And they let him. He was a wide receivers coach, and then he was a quarterbacks coach in Denver. And I will give him this: that was 2011 was the year that Tim Tebow threw that like amazing pass to Demarius Thomas in the playoffs, where they beat the Steelers on one play in overtime. Um, so okay. Every even a blind squirrel catches a nut once in a while. No, I disagree. That is eleven years of hard work and dedication that all just came together in that pass. They didn't win next week. Well, yeah, a week later, New England beat them by like seventy-seven points or something like that. So then he had to go back to the drawing board after that. Okay, he became the offensive coordinator, right, of the Denver Broncos. Where, where now? He was the offensive coordinator for two years. This was in the time where Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdowns and had an MVP season, one comeback player of the year, lost 43-8 to eight in the Super Bowl to the Seahawks. He did so well, okay, with Peyton Manning that he didn't even have to call plays. <laughs> Him and Peyton were so close and they were so entwined that Peyton knew what he wanted to call, okay? They were, they were like that, okay? Let's get one thing straight. Since, since, like, 2001, Peyton Manning never had a coach call plays for him. Peyton Manning called the plays. So then, 
when he leaves Denver, when he leaves as the offensive coordinator and he's no longer their coordinator, then they finally win a Super Bowl. See, he <laughs> all that hard work, okay? Peyton Manning would have never been successful with that Broncos team if it was not for Adam Gase's hard work and dedication Fair those enough. years prior. So he decided, okay, I'm going to go turn another organization around. I'm going to go be the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator. Right. And right. they were so thankful for him to come to Chicago. Right, because they finished 18th in total offense and missed playoffs. That, that was only because John Fox was hitting the bottle a little too much. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So then what happened after Chicago? After Chicago, you know, he was he thought, I'm ready. I am ready. He called up the Miami Dolphins, okay? And he said, are you tired of losing to the Patriots? You need me. I know how to lose to the Patriots. I can beat them. I know how to beat them. So they said, fuck it. And they signed him. And he became the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Right. And I, to his credit, his first year, they went 10-6. and six, They made the playoffs. And they were smoked by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the wildcard round. Not fair. And then he spent the next season wasting Ryan Tannehill's career. Went 6-10 and 10 as a head coach. Then went 7-9 and nine before the Miami Dolphins. The only reason why, my, why, why Ryan Tannehill is so good right now is because he instilled Peyton Manning into Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Well, I would like to point out that the farther away Ryan Tannehill gets from Adam Gase, the better Ryan Tannehill is. If I can break character for a second, anybody who gets... Okay, if you're listening at home, Adam <laughs> Gase's wife, if you're listening, you can go. Yeah. You can leave. You can do better things right now. You will do so much better when you leave him. Look his, at Tannehill. His pets? Go. Run. When, Don't look back. When when the Titans benched Marcus Mariota in favor of Ryan Tannehill, the entire world groaned, and they were like, "That's it's like you know that's like uh, instead of drinking piss, you're eating shit." But instead, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, and especially in 2020, had like a really really you know he's had a career renaissance under Mike Vrabel, and then it gets better because not only does he get fired by Miami, but he gets hired by a division rival, the worst ran organization in the NFL. The New York Football Jets. And that was only because 19 years of hard work had helped him build God up to this position to become the coach of a team that just needed an opportunity. Now, and that opportunity was Adam Case. They did go 7-9, and nine, even with Sam Darnold having, like, mono for half the season, which I think a lot of people thought, okay, maybe Gase can do something. But then, but then 2020 happened. <laughs> 2020 did happen, okay? And that's the first time we've seen Adam Gase deal with adversity. At his best. <laughs> at his best. Gase at his best. He just, like Washington on the Delaware River, took this Jets team to a 2-14 and 14 record. Okay, those 14 losses weren't losses. They were learning experiences. And right now, Adam Gase is unemployed. He's standing at Joe Biden's office in the unemployment line asking for some handouts. Adam Gase fucking sucks. <laughs> so, here's my hot take. Now that Adam Gase is out of New York and New York has traded Sam Darnold, now Sam Darnold be in the position that Ryan Denhill was where he's going to be getting as far away from Gase as possible. My hot take, and I told you this yesterday, with Sam Darnold... As the starting quarterback in Carolina, 
Carolina wins nine to ten games and gets a wild card spot in the playoff. I'm calling it now. I like it. You know that song, uh, the "I Will Survive" song. It's like a disco song. Yeah, that's the soundtrack of any quarterback who left Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, he's doing so good with uh, Peyton Manning coming back from injury. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl after Adam Gase was gone. Peyton Manning was Frankenstein, man. <laughs> they bolted his ass together. Oh my god. Oh. Well, Adam Gase is, in my opinion, one of the worst. He's, he's going to go down as a top five worst NFL head coach ever. Bro, Ryan Gase. Did I call him Ryan, Ryan Gase, Gase? Adam Gase. Ryan Gase, you're a good dude. Adam Gase, <laughs> Adam Gase couldn't run a dairy department at Walmart. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, anyway, I, I hope Adam Gase uh, finds what he's looking for. I don't. Fuck you, Adam Gase. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Adam Gase is the reason that children cry when they go to the dentist. Because all they can think of when they close their eyes is Adam Gase's bulging eyes at a press conference. You know what Adam Gase doesn't like? What? The Kuiper's peach schnapps. <laughs> yeah. That tells you all you need to know about The Kuiper peach schnapps. They don't pay us, but we drink it. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to go to some uh, closing topics here. We want to end on a high note. You know, we've been kind of down for a little bit. So we decided that each of us are going to pick a team. I'm going to pick a team in the NFC. Kyle's going to pick a team in the AFC. And we're going to absolutely shit on them for how horrible of a team and franchise they are. Do you want me to go first? Go for it. Yeah, you're on a roll. You are on a roll, sir. This is going to be a tough one because there's so much talent in the NFC right now. And it it really pains me to choose this team because I really like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But it's not sunny right now. This is the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) They are an absolute dumpster fire. Um... They fired their only coach that did anything for them because they probably told him to just tank the season, and he did. And then they were they, th- they thought, why do you do that? They fired him. He made Nick Foles look good. Nick Foles looked great. Okay, He could make a T-ball team beat an MLB team. That's how good Doug Peterson, Peterson is. Doug Peterson coached Nick Foles to a Super Bowl MVP. Doug Peterson was like... You guys got any more of that stuff. And that stuff was Adderall, okay? And he was on a roll. He he wasn't... Remember remember in episode two when we talked about how Daniel Jones had an out-of-body experience running for that touchdown? Right. That was Peterson. He doesn't remember any of that shit. He... Against all odds, man. But then simultaneously ruining Carson Wentz. Um... Right now, Jalen Hurts is they're going to be their quarterback. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Joe Flacco is going to be their quarterback. That's a great idea. They did sign Joe Flacco. That's geriatric Nick Foles right there. I just think that maybe they should start thinking about relocating. Is Philly really the city? <laughs> maybe they should move to like Portsmouth, New Hampshire. They could be the Portsmouth Portsmiths. Okay. Yeah. And they can. They can drain the life out out of another city. Philadelphia deserves better than this. They've dealt with a lot of shit, okay? They've dealt with a lot of shit. Philadelphia's ten rich white dudes and a bunch of fucking poor people. It's true. I guess that's every city on the East Coast. Philly needs better than this. I've been to Philly. I love Philly. I love Philly cheesesteaks, okay? Everything's good about Philly except the football team. That's all I have to say. You know... I don't know how I can follow that. Um, <laughs> Take another drink of that Dee Kuyper's Peach Knopf. <laughs> we drink it. They don't pay us. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
my team out of the AFC that I think will be terrible, absolutely terrible next year. I could see them winning three or less games. That is the Texans from Houston. And, and here's why I say that. I'm not going to get into the whole Deshaun Watson thing. It's not my, you know, until the facts come out, there's nothing we can say about it other than this. Let's say Deshaun Watson is guilty of what he's being accused of, okay? Obviously, the NFL is going to probably go ahead and shift their, you know, shift away from Deshaun Watson at least for a couple years. I mean, Vic killed a couple dogs and they brought him back, but well, he went to jail, dog. Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is like the NFL welcomes guys back. I mean, Alden Smith came back and Big Ben raped a girl and got Big away ben with it. Big Ben literally raped somebody. Um, but the point is, Deshaun Watson will either miss this season completely. Or he's going to miss this season completely. Because if he gets off on all these accusations and they turn out to be not true, he's not playing in Houston because he hates that team and he hates the organization. And it's a bad PR move for most teams to get him right now. I think in a couple years when most of this kind of gets, you know, it's water under the bridge, um, I'm sure that they'll be like, okay, Deshaun Watson can come back. But as it stands now, their, their starting quarterback is going to be Tyrod Taylor. I got nothing against Tyrod Taylor. He's actually made a, a career in usually shitty situations, like 9-7 and seven with the Buffalo Bills and went to the playoffs a couple years ago when they had no business being there. And, you know, he was supposed to be the star, starter for the Chargers this year, but somebody decided to punch him in the lung. Um, so, you know, Tyrod Taylor, I got nothing against him, but when you look at the rest of the team as it stands before the draft, um, they, ha- they have nobody. I mean, they have... A bunch of receivers that ended up being busts or just kind of washed out like um, Dante Moncrief or Andre Roberts. They also do have Brandon Cooks and they also have Randall Cobb who've always been you know mostly talented but they're they're past their prime and they're they're not nearly as good as they were when they're playing on teams like the Packers and the Patriots um, respectively. Um, th- you know their biggest offseason acquisition is an aging Mark Ingram and Mark Ingram's a type of guy who I still think yeah he's going to be able to come in on like third and one and power you know for a first down but when you're starting running back is an aging and injured david johnson and his backup is mark ingram that is not a recipe for success uh defensively they have absolutely fucking nobody i mean literally they have absolutely nobody they have christian kirksey who couldn't work in in green bay um, they have Zach Cunningham, who hasn't worked in Houston so far. Real quick, who was the coach of the Texans that did all this? What was his name? Oh, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien well, saw what Adam Gase was doing with all of his talent and said, hey, hold my beer. <laughs> the thing with Bill O'Brien is, like, this is what you get when you make your head coach your GM. It's a conflict of interest. You, like, the GM is supposed to keep the head coach in check. But if I'm the GM and the coach, who am I keeping in check? I'm the captain. Now. Yeah, it's like... You're not keeping anybody in check. You're letting the inmates run the asylum. I mean, they have Bradley Roby on the defense, and they got Desmond King, but it's like, it doesn't matter if you have one or two good defensive backs when the rest of your team is trash. Absolute garbage. And now you're playing in a division where the Colts are going to get better. The Titans are not going anywhere. Um, And honestly, the Jags are going to be better than they were last year. They're going to win more than two games. Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, and all the weapons they've gotten this offseason. Houston's in the worst position they can be in, and I think that's how it's going to be for the next four or five years until they get somebody good in there. I mean, I think it's typical, honestly, because, I mean, the Houston Texans are kind of run kind of like Houston is. Yeah. Pretty poorly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, got some floods. You know, you don't need power. You got, yeah. The Texans suck. 
Have you ever been Houston to Houston? Sucks. Have you ever been to the city of Houston? I think Houston's a nice city. So I I went there in the summer once, and let me just say it is. There's nice parts, and there's fun things to do. It is hot as fucking shit <laughs> in Houston, Texas. It's on the Gulf. It is basically on the equator at this point. I mean, it's a close. It's one of the closest. It's like the southernmost point. Galveston is like the southernmost point in America, next to something in Florida, like the Keys or something. I don't know. I'm not. I didn't major in geography, but um. Yeah, I mean, dude, Houston, it's just a rough situation. Nobody wants to coach there. It's tough to play there. Like, nobody wants to live there. It it sucks. It's a bad situation. And they're in a division that's getting better. Yep. I mean, it sucks to suck right now. But, yeah, those te- two teams suck. And I think they should match up after the Super Bowl to have the shit bowl. Who would win the shit bowl? I, dude, every year I want to see it happen. I want to watch the two worst teams play each other. Eagles versus Texans, as is. Who wins? As play is, by play as right is before draft right now. Dude, Eagles. Jalen Hurts over whoever the hell might be the quarterback for the Texans. But it, what's the wild card? Does the doctor have to inject Tyrod before the game? Yeah, there has to oh, be the same no. doctor for the Chargers. Who's the backup for uh, the Texans? Right now it's Ryan Finley, who was the backup for uh, Burrow last year. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. I'm going to go Eagles. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles at least have Joe Flacco who won a Super Bowl. Not a good situation any, any, any way you look at it. Yeah, not good. Um... And I'm, a, I'm an optimist for the most part. I hope they both get better. I don't have anything against most teams in the NFL. I hope they suck because that gives us more things to talk about. That's true, too. That's true, too. I hope more horrible things happen. Well, I'll tell you what, Austin. I hope the Kuiper's listening to this episode because I'd love to be sponsored by the Kuiper Peach Knops. Yeah. If we could just not pay for it, that'd be cool. If the Kuiper sponsors us, we will put up, we will do a, a, a video podcast. And we will wear the Kuiper Peach Schnapps shirt in every single episode with bottles of the Kuiper Peach Schnapps behind us. And we will have a drawing. Someone gets to win one of our fully drank bottles of the Kuiper Peach yeah, Schnapps. with our autographs on it. <laughs> well, I, I think that's it for our episode today. You know, Kyle won't be back next week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, ne- I will be in Vegas this time next week. <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be running the show. Hopefully you'll listen. It'd be really painful if no one listened to the episode. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to come court. back and save it a week later. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, tune in next week. Stay safe.